Vita mentioned, um, today's reading is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 8 to 14. And if you want to follow in the Bibles, it's on page 1082. So that's John 14, 8 to 14. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even I, after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the Gospel of the Lord. So we're just positioning all this stuff. <laughs> no, that's no good, is it? That's good okay. Right, can you hear me? Yes. Good. That's lovely. Okay, so just um, a word of introduction as to why on earth I'm standing here talking about healing. Um, and um, so I've been a member of St. Jude's uh, for more years than I care to admit. Um, and I've been a member of the Prime Ministry team for a number of years too. Um, and uh, I've also been a GP for a few years and I've been retired uh, for several years now. Um, and I've also, for my sins, been um, a Darcyon Healing Advisor, which is a terrible, terrible title because it kind of makes you feel like you're the um, sole repository of all wisdom and experience in terms of healing. So, no. Okay. And the other thing to say, maybe, along with that, is that, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been on a journey of praying with people, you're still on the learning curve, and you're learning from Jesus all the time. Um, and the other thing is that if you've never prayed for anybody before, and you start praying, God can use you. So however long you may have been used to being praying with people, or however short a time, or maybe you've never even thought about it before, God can still do amazing things through you. So before I uh, get into my spiel, let's just pray together. Lord Jesus, Saviour, <coughs> Redeemer, Restorer, Healer, Friend. Lord, we just come to you tonight in our needs and in our need for you 
and our need, Lord, for wisdom and understanding and knowledge and the power of your Holy Spirit. So please would you meet with us this evening um, and help us, Lord, as we seek to follow you in this area of healing and praying for others. For we ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so um, I'm going to do three, th four things tonight. I'm going to talk a little bit about what we actually mean by healing, um, why we think we should be praying for healing, so what's our authority. Uh, the third thing is what happens, why don't we see healing when we pray for it. And then we'll give some testimonies, and then we'll give a little bit of a space for you maybe to experience some healing. So, the first thing is... Oh, this works. Magnificent. Okay. So, I've given you handouts because I don't want to talk all through the stuff. I just want to highlight and pick out a few things. You've got some references there that you can take home. You've also got a little... I mean, I cut back my list of about 20 books to four. So, okay, so, so you, there's just a few things there. If you've never read anything about healing before, just pick one of those, and that's a good place to start. Okay, so what do we mean by healing, and what do we mean by Christian healing? Okay, because there's a difference, because there's an awful lot of healing that pretends to be healing out there, um, and not all of it is you know, safe or um, what we would term Christian healing. Uh, so, um, the best description, really, that the Bible gives is that concept of shalom, that, that sense of peace and harmony with God, with ourselves, in terms of our, our physical and mental state, um, with our environment, with our neighbours, um, and um, with our community. So all those things are kind of wrapped up in Christian healing. Um, and uh, we see that in Jesus' ministry, don't we? We see how he focuses on the healing of our minds, those who are really bowed down, weary, and at the end of their tether. Um, we see it in the physical healings. We see it in people's struggle for um, just to be part of community. We think of the lepers. You know, that when Jesus healed a leper, he didn't just do a physical healing. He actually brought that person back into community, into relationship with others. So shalom has to do with our relationship with God, our relationship with others, our community, and our environment. Just think for a minute of those who are struggling to grow crops at them and what that must feel like in terms of their relationship with their environment. What that feels like to be displaced from your home that's been destroyed. What it feels like to be in a place where you're constantly bombarded by abuse or a really fear-inducing community that's around you. God wants to bring healing 
for all those things. Um, so, so that's a, a little reminder about Jesus' ministry, and we'll come to a bit more um, that in a moment. But the other thing is that Jesus demonstrates is that the most important healing and the one that gets to our deepest need is the healing that took place on the cross. Because it's there that we actually can leave on Jesus' shoulders all our sin and shame and guilt, all that we have messed up. And actually, I believe that's the greatest healing. So, in everything I'm going to say after this, bear in mind that I think that is the thing that meets people's deepest need. And it's also the healing that goes beyond this life, doesn't it? It's the hope that we have for the future that endures that relationship with God restored, that eternity that we're going to spend with Jesus. Isn't that good? Okay. Right, let's, let's move on. Um, so those four things, uh, three hours and one that comes in time. Reconciliation, forgiveness, restoring that which is broken through the fall. So the whole idea of the kingdom of God that Jesus came to bring in was this idea of restoration of everything that's gone wrong in the fall. So all that's disordered in this world, and goodness me, there's a lot of disorder in the world at the moment, isn't there? All that chaos, disorder, disharmony, um, and division and hostility, Jesus is bringing to an end. And ultimately, we have the healing of all creation and the realisation of the kingdom. But the little bit on the end is that we see that in part, but not yet fully. We see things happening that are little glimpses of the kingdom. So every miracle that we see gives us a little glimpse of the kingdom, but it's, it's only a glimpse, we're only part way through that story. But the good thing is that we know how the story ends. Okay, so the other thing is that, that thinking about all those things, when we're praying for healing, there are a few things that we need to remember. And the first thing is the way that our physical and mental and environmental and social well-being are all interlinked, aren't they? If you've got a nagging pain that is unrelieved, that causes you disharmony, not just because of the pain, but it causes you all those other mental anguishes um, that go with it. Similarly, anxiety and depression can cause their own physical illness as well. And social um, problems also cause anxiety and depression and physical illness. So when we're praying for healing, it's a good idea to be saying to yourself and to asking God, actually, you know, what, what's really going on here? There may be a bigger picture than all that I'm just seeing if somebody tells me that they're anxious or if somebody tells me that they're in pain. And the other thing is that, that healing is also a dynamic thing. Uh, you know, it's not just like praying for, uh, let's say, the war in Ukraine to end, because we want to pray for that. We want to pray for it all the time 
But actually, when we're with somebody and we're praying for healing, there's a dynamic element. We are actually um, encouraging that person to encounter Jesus. So it's it's an encounter prayer as well. It's dynamic. There isn't. It's not a static thing. We're expecting something to go on. Um, and finally, oh yes, we. This is the difference I think between Christian healing and any other sort of healing. There are lots of healers out there, aren't there? People that um, profess healings in all sorts of other different ways. And we could. There isn't time to go into all the the multitude of um, alternative medicine and things out there. But the thing is that with Christian healing, we have no power of ourselves. It's all in Jesus. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. We pray through the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. We are channels of his grace and healing and blessing to others. So we have no inherent power of our own. We're not a healer. We might have a gift of healing, um, but that's something slightly different. That means really that we are somebody who God uses frequently to, to work miracles of healing. Um, so, number two. Um, so we've covered number one, which was what's healing all about. And number two is why we should pray for healing and where does our authority come from. Um, and um, in everything in our Christian life, we take our authority from Scripture, don't we? Um, and especially the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of the apostles that are given us in the New Testament. So we have to kind of test everything that we hear, um, everything that we come across. It has to be matched up with that uh, basic uh, teaching of the New Testament. So it's really important, I think, that we get to grips with our Bibles. We get to grips with understanding uh, what the Bible teaches. Um, and I said the experience and the uh, teaching of the church in every age has to be matched up to that. Okay, so um, just thinking now about uh, where we get our authority uh, to pray for healing from. Um, and just very quickly to go through a few things. Um, the first thing is about what we see in the ministry of Jesus. Secondly, how Jesus delegated that ministry. The third thing is what we see in the rest of the New Testament about healing and who did it and when they did it and why they did it. Um, and then finally, we see the history of the church that starts um, at the end of the New Testament and throughout church history. Okay, so we come back to uh, Jesus' ministry of healing. And what did he come to do? Jesus came to preach the good news of the kingdom and to heal every disease and cast out evil spirits. So um, that just encapsulates what I was saying a little bit earlier about what I meant by the kingdom. And the kingdom is God's rule, which we see in part, but will um, finally be uh, coming to fruition. Uh, okay, and I've given you that there, and I think that's in your handout as well. So why, why was healing such an important part of Jesus' ministry? It's a question I woke up one morning asking myself, believe it or not. Um, 
think it's, it's a really good question. We take, kind of take it for granted, don't we? But why did Jesus heal the sick and cast out demons? I think there are, there are kind of six um, answers to that. First of all, Jesus demonstrated the compassion of the Father for us as individuals. Um, and in that passage we, we read for, from John, um, Jesus says to Philip, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Amazing words, aren't they? When we see Jesus, we see God reflected, the Father God reflected in what he says and what he does. And when Jesus is demonstrating that compassion, he is demonstrating the compassion of the Father. So, if you ever doubt, does God love me that much? Then you have to look at Jesus' compassion. Uh, show that Jesus has authority to forgive sin. We see that in Mark 2. Uh, the other thing that in um, John 14, uh, Jesus says this, Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. That is, believe me because you know me. You've been with me. You know who I am. You've understood me. You've heard me. You've seen me teach. To believe me that I'm in the Father or the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. So the evidence of the miracles point to who Jesus is. Uh, Jesus also demonstrates that he had complete authority over Satan, and that's um, reflected in that little phrase in 1 John uh, about the reason um, that the Son of God is revealed. Um, it demonstrated the reality of the kingdom of God. We've done that. Um, and Jesus' desire was to bring glory to the Father. Okay, so that's our little focus on Jesus' ministry. Um, and then the second thing, remember we were going to talk about um, the reasons why we pray for healing. And the first is because um, of who Jesus was and how we are also called to follow him and to do the things that he did. Um, and the second thing is, what did Jesus say about whether this ministry was only for him while on earth or um, was it for others also? And we clearly had uh, Jesus delegating that ministry first of all to the 12 and then to the 72. Um, and then he says um, at the end of John's Gospel, uh, you remember he says, um, as the Father sent me, so I send you, receive the Holy Spirit. And then at the end of Matthew's Gospel, we read that uh, Jesus commanded his um, disciples to go into all the world. We heard um, Mike uh, give uh, the other from the beginning of Acts, which is very similar commission to the disciples, uh, to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, um, teaching them everything that I've commanded you. Okay.
Um, and then uh, we see that in the Acts of the Apostles, not just the Apostles were involved in healing ministry, we see lots of examples of ordinary Christians involved in healing ministry. And the history of the church, I haven't got time to go into it now, but um, I have done a sheet that kind of picks out the history of healing in the church right from the early days. That ministry of healing carried on into uh, particularly the first, uh, sorry, the second and third centuries, um, and then uh, in the lives of those who were the Desert Fathers, but also it continued um, in church history right down to the present day. It, it, um, particularly at times of revival um, and at times of outpouring of the Spirit, like we've seen on many occasions during the 20th century and into this century. So God is at work in his church. He hasn't left us. Uh, but I will say that the context for healing is important because um, very often, particularly those who've had a healing ministry, have had a very powerful preaching and teaching ministry as well. Right, so what have we got to? Okay, so that just sums up our authority really, um, that Jesus exercised the ministry of healing along preaching, um, demonstrating the nature of the kingdom and expected his followers to uh, continue this ministry. And then we see it in the, in the Acts and the Epistles. Okay. Um, and those are just a few things just to think about as we are co-workers. We're called co-workers for the kingdom. Oh yeah, the reason I put that slide up is because actually it our ministry, in a sense, mirrors Jesus' ministry. So we ask the question, why did Jesus heal? And in some ways, our ministry matches that. As we pray for healing, we demonstrate God's compassion. Healing ministry points to Jesus as the author of that healing. Um, Jesus demonstrates, um, sorry, our healing demonstrates Jesus' power over uh, all the work of Satan, shows the nature and reality of the kingdom of God, and our healing ministry doesn't glorify ourselves, it glorifies God who gives us the ability and the anointing to do so. Okay, uh, just very briefly then um, to talk about why we may not see uh, the healing that we want um, and expect. Um, and I, I put up a few things there. Do, do you know, I think most of the time the question is we don't know. Sorry, the answer is we don't know. <laughs> the question is why not? The answer is mm, we don't know. But, you know, sometimes there are some pointers, sometimes there are blocks, sometimes there's deeply held resentment. And I have seen people who have been so consumed by bitterness that they're really unable to accept any kind of positive influence in their life at all. I've also seen people who've been burdened with physical pain um, who were actually... The, the root cause of that was in, um, in depression 
plan bereavement. Uh, so lots of examples we could give about those sort of things. Um, I think, yes, there is faith. Faith needs to be present. It needs to be exercised, uh, specifically by those who are praying for healing. Um, not always the individual, because sometimes if you're in that place, faith is the last thing you have. And you need the faith of others to support, encourage and pray for you. Uh, we've talked about some of those things. Um, what have I got here? So, I think uh, there are several things here that we need to bear in mind. And, and one thing is that, you know, we, we want an instant thing to happen. Actually, that might not be on God's agenda. Actually, there might be a journey here. There might be um, a need for us to to be journeying with God into healing. Um, and when we have prayed as a prayer ministry team, sometimes there are things that we've had to pray into that have been a journey that has taken months um, of persevering prayer before we've seen answers and breakthrough. Um, Jesus calls us to, to perseverance, doesn't he? And some Sometimes that journey of persevering prayer is something that God wants to um, uh, teach us um, things in. Um, what else have I got there? Yeah. Oh, yes. Now, I, we sometimes do see um, healing more in terms of outreach. Um, and there are, there are a number of stories of this really um, but and also sometimes it seems that our western kind of mindset works a little bit against the possibility of healing and I don't know why that is but we do see um, healing in, in developing countries uh, more often and I, I just um, I was reading the um, Open Doors Prayer letter. If you don't get open doors prayer letters, you must. Okay, it just opens your eyes to a whole world of Christian persecution and suffering, but also opportunity. Um, so this is a guy who was in Colombia, um, and he, his family were part of a kind of animistic, um, ritualistic sort of religion. And it was expected that he was going to follow into that. But he, he wanted to explore different things. He wanted to explore different uh, ways of believing. Um, David desperately wanted to leave to study and eventually convinced his father to let him attend a Christian school outside the community where he learned to pray, worship and seek God. One day he was hit in the stomach by a ball which caused a hernia. A Christian man prayed for him, and he was healed. Because the Lord healed my illness, I knelt down before God and said, I always doubted, but you were with me. The Lord has healed me. David says, at that moment I started to believe and preach my testimony. I think we learn how to pray for healing within a church, within a Christian community, but it's not meant to stay there, because that um, healing is meant for the world out there. 
um, which is why we believe that healing is missional primarily in its purpose. We are meant to go out there and to pray for the sick. Okay, I think um, just to leave you finally with this question, as Jesus' church, do we have the faith, the perseverance, the determination and the commitment to see Jesus' miraculous transformation in the lives of others? Um, I'm going to ask a couple of the Prayer Ministry team to come up now. Susan, would you like to join me?